What is lifecycle marketing? How do we use push email and SMS together? Where do mobile apps fit into all this? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email, SEO, Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making that method work for you. This month we've been all about post-cookie marketing. So rather than focusing on one marketing method, we've been looking at how you should be changing your marketing mix and marketing tactics to adapt to this increasingly non-cookie world that we're operating in. We've looked at the importance of zero-party data, what's still working on Facebook ads, and we've also looked at SMS. And we're rounding off with a holistic look at lifecycle marketing because it all drills down to building a better relationship with your customers. We're going to be getting into all the details on lifecycle marketing with our guests today. Before we meet them, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with post-cookie marketing expert, Josh Chin. Josh is the CEO of Kronos Agency and host of the e-commerce profits podcast. He's all about scaling D2C brands with lifecycle marketing across the email, SMS and push marketing channels. Using lifecycle marketing, Josh and his team drive an average revenue lift for their clients of 23% and are generating eight figures in monthly trackable revenue across email, SMS and push for those clients. With performance like that, who better to talk about exactly how to make your lifecycle marketing work for you and your business? Hello, Josh. Thank you for having me, Chloe. It's uh, it's an honor to be to be on your show. It's great to have you here. And um, I am a big fan of lifecycle marketing, so I'm excited to get to talk about it. Very impressive stats, by the way. Thank you. Um, your clients must love you. <laughs> They, they must. I mean, we drive an average ROI of about 35 times, which, which is basically printing money at this point in time. I mean, we should be charging a lot more than we do. But I think that's the, that's the beauty of lifecycle marketing. And it's kind of the, I, I like to uh, use an analogy of a fishing net. It's like building a really intricate and effective fishing net. And driving traffic is like finding a really good flow of water like a river kind of a thing lifecycle marketing between email sms and push is what kind of what we come to know as owned marketing channels and it's super important as we move into a new kind of era of a cookie-less era i'd say where what we used to have as a privilege in kind of scaling traffic very easily and very quickly through paid social paid search channels is now no longer the case. And brands are gradually realizing that you need to build and own your relationships with your customers. Otherwise, you just simply don't have a business. Oh, completely. And that's, you know, that's the exactly why we're doing this month um, here on the show is because you've got to 
you've got to build and become expert now at that own channel, which I know it's something I've been talking about for about in one format or another for about 20 years, but which the tech is now there and the potential is now there. The lessons have been learned. And now we've got this kind of big wolf of no more cookies driving everyone towards it. So Josh, yeah. um, could you could you define what life cycle marketing is for us? Because I mean, the simple definition is it's email marketing with extra stuff thrown in, which is a terrible explanation because it, it doesn't really give it the kudos it deserves. So could you give us a little rundown on on what lifestyle cycle marketing actually is, please? Absolutely, absolutely. And the the simplest way to understand and kind of wrap our heads around it is effectively optimizing relationships uh, at scale. And the outcome of effective lifecycle marketing is you see way higher customer lifetime value, a much longer relationship with your customers, and essentially lowered costs per acquisition. And that means that we're seeing a much more effective customer acquisition strategy as a result of what's happening on the back end. So with lifecycle marketing, you got, you got to think about uh, you know, we, we have to think about a customer's journey with a brand, not just at the point of purchase and what comes before that, but also what comes after that initial purchase from that initial impression, turning that impression into interest and turning that interest into an email subscriber or an SMS subscriber or a mobile app download, and then elevating that experience into a purchase and converting that purchase into a relationship for the long term and subsequent purchases and closing off that relationship when it eventually does at some point in time does end. And how do you close that off amicably and maximize the value of that entirety of that relationship in order to deliver the maximum uh, amount of value that you can for every single customer at every point of that journey while making the most amount of profits that you can possibly make? as a brand. That is lifecycle marketing. It goes, you're, you're absolutely right, Chloe. It goes beyond just email. Yeah, because I think a, a lot of people as well, I, I love the fact, you know, you majored there on the customer acquisition side of it, because I think a lot of people think, oh, email and other lifecycle marketing channels, they're just about customer retention. You know, so like the old, last year, it was kind of yeah. like people were just thinking, I'll run my Facebook ads to get new customers. And then um, when I get around to it, I'll build some email marketing or mm -mm. lifecycle marketing to do my, my retention. But it's not, it's it's such a, a hugely potentially revenue heavy method of turning people from interested to actual buyers by creating that right communication system before they've even given you any money. 100%. And we recently got a got a testimonial from a uh, from a longtime client of ours that, and I've only come to find out about this because I'm I'm not um, actively serving the account. My my team is and have done an incredible job. And part of the, the 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 testimonial that we got was that the brand actually lost money at best broke even on what they've spent on on ads and made their profits entirely through email SMS and what's happening on the back end with the work that we have done. And effectively what the client has, has said is that we saved his business because of email and SMS. And I, I find that super interesting because what a lot of people are 
thinking about when it comes to building scale in e-commerce, it's always coming from the front end first. Like, how do I optimize my ads? How do I spend more money on ads? But no one's really looking at building that fishing net in the back end that's catching and, cap- and, and converting all that the fish. <laughs> yeah, catching those fish. I completely can understand that's the case. And I suspect if many businesses analyze it the same way as your client, they find the same thing. Because you can, you know, the better your lifecycle marketing works, the better you're turning email signups, push signups, SMS signups into customers and retaining them and getting to buy again, the more money you can afford to spend on your ads per acquisition because yep. you're actually more, your conversion rate's going up and you're making more money and the lifetime value goes up. Um, let's not get into calculating any of that on this episode though, because I figure <laughs> we, we could end up in a whole, how do you calculate lifetime value? And there's, there's blogs that will do it will be far more interesting on this. And we should be talking about the lifecycle marketing. So we have been talking around three core channels within the lifecycle marketing suite, the email, the SMS, and the push marketing. I assume everyone listening is familiar with email and SMS, but could you quickly explain what push is? I've been a fan for many years, but it's been very slow to take off in the e-commerce space. It's, I think it's more popular in the US than it is in the UK or more prolific. So could you just give us a bit of a quick explanation of what push is and maybe where it fits into the lifecycle marketing mix? Absolutely. So the, the push side of things in, in our suite of lifecycle marketing strategies is in mobile push. So it's literally the app push notifications that you see on your home screen as you kind of, before you unlock your phone, essentially. And those costs nothing to to send out and create essentially for for your uh true true those apps my belief is that most if not all e-commerce brands should have a native mobile app um, that is downloadable for uh, by, by by their prospects as well as customers the reason for that is when you have a native mobile app you have essentially created a true mobile first experience that is not possible through a mobile website even a mobile optimized website there are still some kinks and issues that you have to kind of overcome being a website loaded through obviously a a server with an application that is native to your uh, mobile phone you have the entire checkout and buying and shopping and information consumption process on the app, which gives you full control and autonomy over the experience of each customer as they browse through your your app. So in a, in a nutshell, from a push standpoint, what that allows you to, to do is you can now send out push notif- notifications away from the crowd that's in, in, in your customer's inboxes, in email, even in your uh, SMS inbox can often be crowded. When it's on push, you are effectively standing out from the crowd and the sea of promotional emails and SMSs, which gives you the opportunity to connect with your audience in a very, very uh, intimate and direct manner, which also comes as a double-edged sword uh, in some ways, because you got to be a little bit more mindful about the frequency, the messages you're sending out, and the type of uh, communication at specific junctures in a customer's journey with your brand. So having the app on the site, and I don't want us to go deep into apps 
either because um, I figured that could be a whole episode on its own, as just like the customer lifetime value bit could be. But Absolutely. having you know, creating that kind of almost simple cloned app of your site that can go on someone's phone gives a better experience to the mobile customer, but it also opens up that additional communication channel where you are releasing more notifications to that consumer, which will drag them back to the app, which is a an easier space to play in, uh, in more of a blue ocean than the SMS and the email. And of course, it doesn't cost you anything either. Okay. So... We had a, an episode earlier this month where we purely focused on SMS. And one of the questions I asked was, partly anticipating the answer, how do all these channels interplay? You know, is SMS just a clone of what you're doing in email? Is, is push just a clone of what you're doing in email? So, you know, you go, right, someone's just signed up. We send them this message across everything. And then 10 days later, we send this message across everything. Or is there a way of kind of getting the, the, these channels to work together in a way that's more powerful? So what, what's the role of each of these channels? Are they clones of each other or is it something more exciting? Oh man, now you're getting, now we're getting started. This is, this is the, what fun comes in. There is no real answer to that question, but there are, in my opinion, levels to that, uh, that, that interplay of channels. On, on the most basic level, you're having essentially a cloned strategy across channels. What's happening on SMS happens on email. What's happening on email happens on push. And you're just kind of attacking your audience at different angles at the same time. It could work, but is it the most effective way of, of utilizing and maximizing the channels they've built? Not necessarily, not in my opinion. The immediate kind of next step is to stagger your messages and understand the power of each channel in its own right. Now, email is a channel that is incredibly engaging. You have the ability to create a ton of content that is very, very tailored and targeted to who's reading that email. With SMS, it's a little bit more limited in the amount of content you can deliver, but you see a way higher open rate and engagement rate with SMS as compared to, to email. Now, with push, you have an even more limited amount of space that you can play around with. And it's a little bit more intimate and you can't be sending it as high a frequency as you can with the other channels. But combining all these three channels and understanding how each channel works on its own is the key to making sure that your messages are, are, are built for those platforms. So a really simple example would be when you're considering a product launch Right, And I, I think I've spoke about this with, with you, Chloe, in the past, but when you're considering a product launch and you're launching your product to, say, your existing customers and your prospects, um, and you have three channels between email, SMS, and push that you could leverage pretty effectively, one of the, the approaches that you could take is you could take the first 72 hours as an app exclusive launch, which means that people can only purchase that new drop, that new exclusive product from your application. And that forces a huge swarm of both existing app users and new users to the app to download the app. And that's going to give you an, kind of a, a captive attention on app, which basically drives conversions way higher. And often what, uh, what we, we would see is that things would sell out at this stage within the first 72 hours, just because it's, especially if the demand is really high. And then in the subsequent 
days between SMS and email, we are staggering the information between email having a lot more info, a lot more trust building, and a lot more information that's that's being delivered in the message. And with SMS being used as a reminder platform to the messages that are being sent by email and as a two-way communication channel, engaging in conversations via SMS and addressing, you know, common pain points, common questions that people might have, especially at key stages like the checkout uh, abandonment stage or the the browse abandonment stage where someone has been browsing around for a long time but hasn't converted yet. They have read the emails. They have seen the push notifications. Now SMS comes in as a conversational channel to bring that conversation potentially to a customer support or a sales agent. And that that's done uh, in, a, in a much more effective and efficient uh, manner. Now, if these three channels, that's the the level, what I consider level two method of doing lifecycle marketing. I love the fact that the example you've given us is a product launch. This isn't a automated sequence of things. So those of you who are listening, thinking lifecycle marketing, it's my email welcome sequence. It's my post purchase Mm -mm. sequence. It's my reminder emails, my browser abandons. Uh, 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 no, everybody. This is a whole way of thinking about all those communications you're building, new product launches, sale launches, um, new stories, what you've got to get out there. So I just want to make sure everyone's really grasping that, that we're not just talking about build some automations, send some newsletters. It's about thinking about it as campaigns and events. And then the other thing was that really, you know, there are really clear roles for these channels. So do not copy and paste, use them, think about where the customer's receiving it, how they're receiving it and what that channel plays into. And I love, you know, that you're saying, you know, use the email to do the convincing, to be the storytelling, to build the trust. So I just want to make sure everyone grasps those. Josh, please, what is what is level three? Once we master level two, where are we taking it next? With... Level three, you're incorporating is, uh, is essentially information and data that you've collected for throughout the year, really, you know, leading up to a product launch. You have collected zero-party data, first-party data, and all all that information is being stored on on a platform like a, a CDP, a customer data platform. The shirt I'm wearing, I, mean, I know that this is audio only, but I'm wearing a Clavio t-shirt, and we are a proud Clavio partner. And a big reason why I'm such a big fan of Clavio is that. Clavio is an email and SMS marketing platform, marketing automation platform built for e-commerce, but also it acts as a CDP, a customer data platform. So what Clavio does is then it kind of acts as a central hub for where a ton of customer information and data points live. And it integrates really well into a lot of these other applications and softwares that we that we love and use, uh, including PostScript, with a mobile app, it's Tapcart for Shopify that we partner with. Um, and we're collecting all these, these information, including things like customers' preferences, what they've bought in the past, what type of products they've been browsing on, the frequency of those purchases, the value of each purchase, the total lifetime spend, and all that gives you insights into kind of buckets and categories of consumers and prospects that you can create unique journeys for. And those journeys can then be manipulated across email, SMS, and push. So what we've done in level two, now you're essentially creating a, a, an additional layer on top of 
what's already happening on, on, the, on the core level based on preferences, behaviors, and data points that you have, you're seeing. I love how you're splitting it into level two and level three, because I, I certainly over the years, I love a whiteboard with a very complicated system of email sends that I'm going to build, but are never actually going to see the light of day because I made it too complicated. And it feels like climbing a mountain where I should have just gone, just start. Exactly. Um, and, you know, back in the, in our zero party data episode, we were talking about just ask two questions to start with and then use the data because, you know, collecting the data and not using it is like having that massive whiteboard and never building the email sequences or or SMS sequences or push sequences. So I love the fact you kind of stratified it out into let's treat everyone basically the same way initially, get those systems built, learn from them, and then let's use that data to take it up a level, to take it to a new level of performance because it just makes it that bit more bite-sized. Um, which hopefully helps make people do it more. Exactly, and Chloe, you're absolutely right. One of the one of the things that's stopping entrepreneurs and, and e-commerce operators from really taking this seriously is it's just so much information, and it's just so much that it's often either a easier for me to focus on what I know best, which is just acquiring more customers and paying more for ads, or b Focusing on something that requires a little bit more of my time, like product development and, and stuff, things are never going to move unless you kind of get started. And once you have ha- had those channels set up, get a taste of what it's like, what the results look like. You can then kind of split test and optimize along the way. And that's really the, and a lot of people, you know, funny thing, I get this question a lot. What's the, what's the secret to uh, this, the success that you have with clients? Right. What's the, uh, you know, cause we, we, we do pretty well for, for our clients and I get this question a lot. And the, the real secret is that there is no real formula to your success. It's just testing. It's plain old boring AB testing and splitting up ideas, testing out little things as, as, as a fundamental as the placement of a CTA button in an email to the frequency of an SMS campaign to the copy of a push notification. You know, it's little things like that that kind of add up over time. Then those, that 1% improvement, it pays off over the long run. One might say, Josh, the secret is to keep optimizing, but you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's just familiar. me grabbing on my own, <laughs> grabbing <laughs> on my own podcast now. Um, I love the way you explain it because I think, We've heard a lot over the last few years, you know, about how, you know, Facebook ads, it's always about tweaking this, tweaking that, tweaking the other to, to squeeze the most out of it. And as we learned from in our Facebook ads episode, which is the last one that went live, anyone wants to go back and listen to it. But as we learned in that, that power isn't really there anymore because so much data has been taken away from the algorithm, all the micro tweaking, it's just not in the same vein anymore. So if you've got someone who was great at that micro tweaking, it's time to shuffle them over to your lifecycle marketing campaigns because exactly. the micro tweaking there is endless. It's where I got got excited about things in e-commerce for the first time. And oh, there's so much. But Josh, um, I could wax lyrical about that for a long time, but that's not what everyone's tuned in for. Given how much work you and your agency are doing for e-commerce brands right now, have you got any sneaky, clever tips or things you're seeing that's working that you'd like to um, to give the audience a bit of a, a bit of a heads up on? Obviously, I'm not asking you know to reveal all, but are there a couple a couple of tips you're willing to share with us? 
For sure, for sure. Um, one of the easiest things to do right now is to create a mobile app for your store. I, I mean, if you're on Shopify, I highly recommend using TapCart. I've been a big fan of TapCart uh, even before we became uh, an agency partner. They allow Shopify brands to create an app, not in two months, not in six months, but in less than two weeks. And they're kind of they're being conservative of that. We typically see apps go up in, in less than a week. It's a completely drag and drop type of interface, which allows basically brands to create a, a true mobile experience pretty much in a, in a matter of a weekend. And that is incredibly powerful because not many brands are actually looking into that. And the use cases that we've seen, even for brands that do not necessarily rely on the app for conversions, there's this brand called uh, Your Super. That's Y-O-U-R-S-U-P-E-R, Your Super, uh, that relies on their app that's built on TapCart as a information, nurtured, customer nurturing type of a channel. They have their recipes, their blogs, their content kind of just built on the app almost exclusively, if, if, if I remember correctly. And that allows for your consumers to gain value, not just through um, your emails and your, your community, but truly through content that you're producing in a space where you've completely control which then allows you to remarket to that same audience. And the most interesting part is that your super is primarily a subscription-based business. So they have absolutely no business having, a, having an app. But that's what most brands don't realize is that when you're building a, a, a strong lifecycle marketing strategy, a set of strategies, you need to think about the long-term of the customer relationship and not just about that initial purchase or the next purchase, but rather what that relationship can, can develop into over the long term. And if you're able to map that out and kind of piece the moving parts together and use the, the right channels for the right places, that's where I think brands will win. Oh, so it kind of gives them a, a knowledge-based trust-building platform the app. And then of course it opens up the push marketing as well, which enables them to to both convert people to subscribers, but I would suspect is a big part of their retention strategy as well. Your box is arriving and all those kind of things. Absolutely. Um, I like that, Josh. I, I can see I can see we're gonna have to have an episode later this year on apps for e-commerce. Um, and I shall write down your name next to that one, Josh, to come on and have a chat about it. Because it's an it's an area I struggle to get my, historically have struggled to get my head around. But I think the way you're outlining it today, it opens a lot of doors and you can make it work for your business. You've just got to think about what is the, the thing I need to be doing for my customers to, to make them connect with me over the long term. And that's the key, right? Josh, we've got time for one more little tip before uh, we go into the insider tips section okay. of the show. I, I got a really fun one. Now, this is a, I, I know we have, you've just had an episode on zero party data, but just lashing onto that and email happens to be a really, really effective platform and channel to collect zero party data on top of using zero party data. Uh, so zero-party data is essentially information and, and, and data points that that your customers are giving you directly. They're filling out a form, a survey, 
uh, and, and whatnot. Now, with email, uh, specifically with Klaviyo, what you can do without using any third-party uh, forms or, 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 or software is if you have two significant, two or three significant buckets of consumers that are identifiable, for example, are you a parent or are you a grandparent? Or, or let, let's use a, a simpler example. Do you like cakes or pie or both? Or, or neither, maybe. Um, so say four options. Now, you then have four separate journeys that you can create out of that, that one question. What you then do is you, you create a, I'll typically do this at the post-purchase uh, stage, just because attention is generally higher and you see much higher open rates at that stage. I would have that question within an email and I'll have four separate CTA buttons leading to four separate thank you pages. So four separate URLs, you could just duplicate it. But the reason for having four separate URLs is now you're able to create a conditional split on Klaviyo that says, if subscriber clicks on URL A, send them to this journey, URL B, send them to this journey, and so on and so forth. And now you have four separate splits, which allows you to create customized, personalized content that is built for people who love cakes, those who love pies, those who love both, and those who love neither, and the, the freaks. And so <laughs> you have, that, that gives you the opportunity to A, create a journey that's tailored and personalized to that person's response immediately, and B, allow you to build a much more robust profile of the people that you're selling to and building a relationship with. And so easy to do. I'm, I'm just surprised that not, not as many brands that I know are, are doing this. Yeah, that's the thing. Always explore what your existing tool can do before just going and making your life more complicated with mortals. Exactly. A great recommendation there too. Thank you, Josh. Uh, we're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of post-cookie marketing. Ready to turn your small e-commerce business into the next big thing? Klaviyo can help. It's the easy to use email and SMS platform that gives you everything you need to build genuine relationships with your customers. And even if you're new to marketing, Klaviyo can help you become an email expert with drag and drop design templates, simple insights and made for e-commerce reports and recommendations. Give it a try today with a free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Josh, so far we've gone deep into lifecycle marketing. Now you get to ask you with your insider knowledge about the whole world of post-cookie marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with post-cookie marketing, which of course does include lifecycle marketing. So Josh, you ready for these? Let's do it. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with lifecycle marketing, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I would say start with pick one channel, master that channel. And I will typically say email just because it's so much more uh, robust and much more versatile. Um, a tool like Klaviyo allows you to explore a huge, huge amount and variety of, of strategies that they'll keep you busy for, for days. But master one channel and then move on to the next. And there's, there are always levels to these channels. So figure out what level one looks like. Make sure that you're getting level one right, master level one, then move on to the next thing. 
the idea is that you do not want to get overwhelmed on day one. You want to get started as quickly as possible and know that there are people that you can always lean on, communities that you can always lean on. People have been there, done that, especially in 2022. And tools and softwares are only making it so much easier to get started. Nice. Um, okay, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? I love that. And like I mentioned, the, the biggest key uh, secret to, to our success with, with the brands that we work with is optimizing. And it's, it's really boring. Um, I'm going to tell you that it is not boring. Optimizing is really exciting, but then I am a geek. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, I interrupted we, your answer. We, we are ge- geeks. But um, you know, for 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 people listening, it can, it can get pretty daunting when you when you think about the different variables and the options and the ideas that you can be testing. It, it it gets quite intense, especially on a channel like email, where you can go as granular as the color of a CTA button, uh, the tone of your copy, uh, or as as major as the length of your email. Now the easiest way to start is to look at your set of data points that you already have, the, the metrics that matter, right? Now, open rates are may not be a thing anymore uh, by the time you're listening to this, but you still have click rates, conversion rates, um, the amount of attention that you're getting through click-throughs, um, how effective and engaging a piece of content is, how much time someone lingers on an email or a page, um, and that's going to give you the insights that you need to to split test even further and continue testing what works and what doesn't work on a channel like email or SMS. And it's always data first and let the data do do its thing and, and do its talking uh, and don't get too caught up with something that looks pretty but may not convert well. Yep. It's all about getting them from the marketing somewhere else so they can do something useful like buy. Um, Now, if someone listening wants to learn more about what we've been talking about, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? YouTube. Specifically, my channel. I've been putting out a ton of content along with my team. Uh, It's all free. And a lot, a lot of channels out there are especially the smaller channels, you, you'd be surprised at how much content, how valuable that the stuff's being put out on, on YouTube are. I learned a ton, even till today, I'm a, I'm a big fan of YouTube and the content that's out there. And the, the quality of, of information that you get for free right now is absolutely insane. And you often find gems in smaller channels that are much more specific to the questions, problems, and opportunities that you have. Uh, because the the reason it has a much smaller reach is because it's much more specific to a, a certain problem that you might have. So definitely do not discount uh, videos with like 100, 200, 1,000 views because it might just be really good to uh, to watch. Yeah, it'd be fair to say the YouTube algorithm is not necessarily highlighting the the videos that solve your precise problem. <laughs> it's not yeah. entirely what it's built for. Yeah. Um, so uh, Josh, what is uh, what's your channel? We should uh, should ask. Yeah, just search for Chronos Agency. That's C H R O N O S uh, Agency, and you'll you'll find a ton of our videos out there. Excellent. We shall go and have a look at those. Um, finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to twelve months that we should be getting ready for in this world of post cookie marketing? 
Mm, and I, I dropped a little bit of a hint uh, before on conversational SMS marketing. Now that's a that's a really big piece that I'm I'm, I'm really excited about because SMS has always been treated as a one way kind of a direct marketing type of a channel, but the true power in SMS when you look at the the true behavior of consumers outside of in their daily lives and even in our daily lives, SMS is a conversational channel. It's a tool to build relationships. Now, bridging that over to e-commerce and building relationships with customers, you're now able to build kind of one-on-one relationships with customers, but at scale by leveraging either AI, which I'm currently not a big fan of, um, predefined sequences uh, with set responses, or um, using a tool like Gorgeous, where you're kind of syncing up your customer support team to be ready for conversions and turning that into a profit center. So pairing that up with conversational SMS uh, is something to look out for in 2022. And also, oh, this is going to be fun. So with mobile app downloads, one of the biggest sticking points is that it's difficult to convince someone to download an app. That's a relatively big commitment. But what's coming up next is something called app clips. App clips allow for your app to essentially load and function without having the user to download the app in the first place. It's kind of like an app preview, but it's fully functional. You can check out through the app clip. You can make a purchase and all that all that fun stuff without even downloading the app. So it gives it bridges the gap between is this going to deliver value to me versus should I just click download and and see what happens next. And that is often a kind of sticking point that a lot of brands are, are struggling with. And I think that's going to be game changing. Oh, two excellent bits of future seeing there. Thank you very much, Josh. Um, before we say goodbye to you, could you please let the listeners know where they can find more about you and your business, please? Absolutely. You can find me on all social channels. I'm Joshua Chin uh, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can also go to chronos.agency to check out our content. Our blog is pretty up to date and with some of the best content out there, I think, in the e-commerce space. Uh, and if you're interested in scheduling a call to talk about your lifecycle marketing strategies, um, it's chronos.agency forward slash application and YouTube, of course. And yeah, don't, <laughs> don't forget the YouTube channel. Um, Josh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and you've given us lots to think about, lots for the, for the lifecycle marketing to-do list in 2022. So I, I hope some of the listeners will, will get... Um, We'll actually get it put in place, guys, because you can listen. But if you're not taking action, nothing's going to change. And you've just you just heard some brilliant, brilliant advice. Um, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been lovely catching up with you again. Chloe, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, It's been an honor. It's been fun. Loads of great value there from Josh. You've now got an idea. Think of those, I suppose, those levels he was talking about, you know, work out what they are for you. What does level one success look like? Because the thing is with all these life cycle marketing pieces, there's always something else to do. There's always a next bit to take it to you. And if you segment it into levels, like, right, level one, we're going to get our email automation set up properly and get the, you know, we're going to be capturing people as they come on the website with the pop-ups. And we'll optimize that a little bit. 
Level two, we're going to integrate SMS into all of that. And we'll optimize that a little bit. Level three, maybe at that point you go, let's build some launch, proper launch campaigns around our next release. Level four and so on. The thing is, if you set up these levels, you get to feel that sense of achievement as you go along. It's not just this endless mountain, this endless Everest of stuff you've got to do. So I think that was one of the most, yes, Josh gave us some really awesome tips on what's working and, and key things to be focusing on. But I think that levels idea is really powerful. And the other key thing I would take from this is, Actually, two more key things from this. One would be think about each channel and how it fits in your mix. What is that channel bringing to the party? What is it bringing that's going to, that's, that you can best use it for to look after your customers? And then the second one is to think about how you can be capturing that zero party data, not just with surveys and quizzes, as we talked about a couple of episodes ago, but also within your sending plans and within the activity you're doing to then further segment further in the journey. Loads of stuff to think about in that episode. You can get links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you are intrigued by app marketing and creating apps for your website, we will be doing a month on that. I need to work out when we're going to schedule it, hopefully in Q2. But from what Josh was saying, we really need to be covering this for all of you. So we will be doing that later this year. So make sure you subscribed or following the podcast so you get that. And our whole set of episodes about post-cookie marketing is now live. So please do have a listen to all of them. And make sure you tune in next Wednesday. We will be starting our series of four shows about offline marketing. Yes, we're going kind of even further into this, this new cookie-less world of how we can leverage offline marketing, the more traditional stuff, the non-computer-based stuff, more non-internet-based stuff to, to drive uh, your sales. It's going to be a fascinating month and you will learn a lot. And this is stuff that's possible for even the smallest business these days. Back when I started, you, need, you needed a lot of money to do some of the offline stuff. Nowadays, you can do it for very small budgets indeed. It's also a lot more um, adaptable. Anyway, we'll get into all of that next month, um, or next Wednesday, in fact. So if you know someone who's particularly interested in taking their marketing strategy and performance up a gear at the moment, please do let them know we're covering these topics as this show exists to help them and you improve their marketing. Um, have a great week. Make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.